To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello everyone and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. So this episode is coming out later than expected because spring break really threw me for a loop. But I did have the best spring break I've ever had with the kids. I decided to focus on them and spending some quality time together. And I share a little bit more about that at the end of this podcast for those who want to stay and listen. This podcast is going to be a little bit shorter because I will be putting another episode out uh, in the middle of this coming week. But I did want to get this podcast episode out and answer the questions that were on the schedule for this week. So the first question is about a two-year-old and teaching young toddlers privacy around private body parts. The second question is about talking to kids, even really young ones, about the idea of entrepreneurship, when and how these conversations are appropriate. So the first question is from Stephanie and says, I have learned so much from you. I look forward to your podcast every week and often go back in between new episodes to listen to ones that are relevant to my current family life. Thank you. My question for you today is about talking to toddlers about their bodies. My daughter just turned two at Christmas. I've made a point to teach her the proper names for her body, which she has caught on to. I own a day home where I care for five other two-year-olds. My daughter often talks about her own vagina when going to the potty and knows that boys have penises. When she says, I have a vagina, Johnny has a penis, I just reply, yes, you're right. She is now getting more curious and asking to see the other children's penises or vagina when I am changing their diaper. How do I continue to stay open with her about body parts of boys and girls, but also teach her about privacy without causing her to shy away from the subject? I don't want her to misinterpret and feel shame. 
When we are snuggling at night before bed, she will label my eyes, lips, ears, etc., and then often say, where are mommy's nipples? And proceeds to look down my shirt. I am comfortable with this, but it wouldn't be acceptable for her to say this to someone else. Thanks for any advice you have. Stephanie. Now, this is a great question because it's important to balance these two ideas and ideals of allowing curiosity and not shaming yet teaching privacy at the same time. Now, understandably, she's curious because these are parts we cover up and also because they're parts that are different on boys and girls. And so she's curious as to what they look like. It's also important for her to understand that if someone wanted to see her private parts, that she's in charge of her body and can say no. So I would have both sides of this conversation in a non-shaming way, as well as read some books that can help support both sides to this. And I'll recommend those in a minute. But first, when she asks, you can say to her, I know you're very curious about other people's bodies and it's great to be curious, but remember that penises and vaginas are private parts. This one belongs to Johnny or Olivia or whoever's diaper you're changing in that moment. And so I need to let them have as much privacy as I can while we're changing them. But we can learn more about all the body parts at home from our books tonight or tomorrow or whenever you can get to it. This does both, sends the message that curiosity is good, that asking questions is good, that it's a topic that's open for discussion, and it's totally coming from such an innocent place of wanting to learn more, and I love this, but it's also protecting the other children's privacy, lets her know that there are boundaries around private parts, not just everyone else's, but hers too. So it's helping her to learn that she is in charge of her own and deserves privacy as well as the other kids and that no one can just ask and expect to see her vagina either. As far as her asking about your nipples versus someone else's, you can tell her that it's okay to ask mommy and I'm okay with this, but we won't ask other people. And even if she did, almost anyone I would hope would find it cute and would give it a pass, especially at two, even at three. If she did, you would just give the reminder that nipples are private parts and so we let people keep their private parts private. It might be the same thing with the belly. If she asked to see someone's belly, they would hopefully have the same reaction and would just, and then you could just say something like, I know you're curious how different people look different, but it's not polite to ask people to show their body parts if they have them hidden today. And it's cute and it's funny at her age, no matter what body part she's asking about. Toddlers will start to understand things like personal space, the difference between family and other people outside of the family, starting around three, just beginning to understand this. They'll become more solidified between the age of four and five, what those boundaries are, what the rules are that we have for society. By five, we expect most kids will have a pretty solid understanding of these concepts and the rules around them about personal space, how personal space is different in a family versus people outside of our family, how they might be different with a close friend, as well as understanding privacy around our private parts. Now, here are some books to read at home. Oh, and I wanted to say one other thing about that conversation. You can also have a conversation, and you can probably find some books about this as well, about how some private parts aren't private in some cultures, but they are in ours. And maybe this is something you could talk about as she gets a little older. But in, um, you know, in certain cultures, nipples aren't considered private parts, or bums aren't considered private parts. But in Western culture, in most Western culture, those are considered private. And as she gets older, you can start to talk about that as well. So here are some books to read at home. First are some books about consent and boundaries around private parts. And these are ones that are um, recommended for her age group, ages between two to six. My Body Belongs to Me, My Underpants Rule, 
You can also look into some books about anatomy where she can learn about all different parts of the body. This will feed her curiosity, show all different parts and even the inside of the body so she can begin to ask questions about how things work from digestion to blood flow to breathing to sexual function too. And it opens this whole world up for her for her to ask those questions if she has them. So here's a few ideas for anatomy books for her age group. The Human Body Book, Tales of Human Anatomy for Kids, and the Anatomy Coloring Book for Kids. Now this might be better when she's a little bit older, but it might be good just to look through at this point. There's some good pictures in there. But when she's a little older, she'll learn more of the different parts and what they're called and might be interested in coloring them in, but I would suggest that for a little more closer to six or older. The next question is about teaching kids about entrepreneurship and business. My name is John and my wife Jenny and I both love your podcast. We're in Melbourne, Australia. Our friends are also just starting to have kids and we have been pointing them in your direction because they can see how what we implement with our son works. Thanks to your helpful practical tips. In particular, knowing how to handle power struggles, when to not struggle and let him do it on his own time. Oh, and understanding how boys don't like losing their poos to the abyss of the bowl. Very true. My question relates to Thomas Trains. About three months back, I started collecting them from my son, only to realize I was buying faster than he was playing. Being an entrepreneur working all over, I realized that many parents didn't like sorting, so I became somewhat of a default sorting center, with parents contacting me what seems like daily now to ask if I have this train or that building, etc. The thing is, as the house is getting filled, I would one day like to share this activity with my son, be it market days or sorting nights, etc. How or when will he be ready to tell the difference between the ones he can play with and the ones that are stock? Currently, he plays with the scuffed ones and is fine, but when will he start to want new? Or is that even a thing? I thought to ask you after your episode on how kids actually can't do empathy until three to four, and it made me wonder if there's something of a capacity threshold for this too. Looking forward to your wisdom and guidance. Much love from Down Under, John and Jenny. Thank you, John and Jenny, and lots of love to you and my other friends down under. And I cannot wait to visit your country. I have this dream of taking my kids and exploring the beauty of Australia with them one day, and hopefully a day that's not too far down the road. I'm so in love with your country. I've never been there, but I just cannot wait to visit and bring my kids on a trip. So I would say there is a threshold for this and it will probably be a while. Now, given that two-year-olds are engulfed in the development of self, me, my, mine, and that by three, they're just starting to understand the other, the other people, how other people feel, the idea of sharing as concepts, they begin to grasp and then by four, they should be pretty good at it, at sharing. And also this is where the empathy piece is developing in through that as well, because the empathy is coming on board. They're beginning to understand that other people have feelings that may be different than their own, that other people might be hurt or upset by things that they do or say. So I would think any new trains that he cannot play with would be tough. Honestly, anytime before he begins to lose interest in Thomas, because even at five, he's probably going to want to know why you aren't sharing your trains. And I don't think he's going to understand the whole business reason or concept behind it at that age. So I would say closer to seven or eight. By then, He can begin to understand business concepts like money, um, the whole idea of the business from looking for new items to sorting to selling, and these will be great lessons for him. 
I love the idea of teaching kids about business and entrepreneurship. I think kids need to start learning about this early because the world is changing very rapidly. Kids who can see a problem or a need and want to solve it or fill that need and figure out how, figure out what it will take to do that, whether they start their own business or work for someone else, will be valuable and successful and be more flexible in where they can create and seek jobs and add value. So this is a great gift to him. And I shared that my oldest son has this gift for sales and entrepreneurship. He has no fear about going door to door and selling for his Cub Scout pack or taking orders from friends and creating custom lanyards or selling comic books to his friends. And I wish I had his talents in that area. I have him do my bookkeeping. And I think I've mentioned this before. I'm slowly introducing him and will for the other two as well when they get a little bit older to what it takes to run a business so they can have some understanding of how much work it takes. Not to mention, it's just a great bonding activity for the two of you and something he will always remember. He'll have the memories and the lessons that he learned from doing this with you. I love this, but you definitely want to wait till he's older and can understand the concept and isn't going to want to rip the trains open and play with them. If you have any particular parenting struggles or parenting questions, or you just want to have some skills in working with your children, whether it's discipline or development and health, any kind of modern parenting, be sure to check out the website at yourvillageonline.com and you can check out a sample of any of our 50 plus classes on the website. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories, including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. HomeThreads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. 
I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com slash parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com slash parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. So now for a quick recap of the spring break as promised. For those who just like the questions, you can stop here. For those who like to hear my babbling stories, you can continue to listen to our spring break story. As I mentioned, this was the best spring break I've ever had with the kids. And we didn't do anything overwhelmingly special like go to Australia, but we had some great time together. I just enjoyed them thoroughly. The first thing I did was I took them up to the flower fields. There's a super bloom going on in California right now because of all of the rain that we had over the winter. And so the flowers always bloom in the desert or in different areas of the state. I took them out to the desert. But they're just beautiful. I posted, I don't think I posted on my Instagram account. I'll have to put those up. I took them out. But here's the thing about this little adventure I took them on. My expectation was that we were going to go up the freeway and then get off and go in towards the flower fields. But when I got the directions from our house, it actually was back roads. So I just kind of winged it and we went on this adventure and I was gonna take them to lunch on our way up there. Well, we start going up and there's this little cute little cafe in this tiny little town. And I was like, oh, this is great, let's stop here. So we stop in, they're closed. Not only they're closed, apparently they closed for good. So that was really a bummer. So I'm like, oh, we'll find something else. And we kept going, we kept going. I didn't see any other restaurants. We were so far out in the middle of nowhere that there was no cell phone reception. So I couldn't even look anything up. Apparently one of the other towns we were in did have a couple of restaurants, but I couldn't look anything up. I had no service. So we go all the way out to the flower fields. Then the traffic is just everybody wants to be out there. This is a big thing to do out here right now, I guess, because of this super bloom. So I said, when we get up to the visitor center, I'm sure they'll have some water, some snacks. We'll get something when we get up there. I said, let's just park because we can walk faster than these cars are moving right now. So we parked. Turns out we were a mile away. So they trek up. Luckily, they had water bottles, but we trek up to the visitor center There was a water fountain, but there was no liquids to be sold. There were no snacks, nothing. And these kids were amazing. Like barely a complaint out of any of them. My oldest, not a single complaint. My daughter complained a little bit on the way back down that she was kind of over it. She said it one sentence and that was it. And I was like, well, we got to walk back to the car. So there's not really much you can do about it. But we hung out up there, took pictures of the flowers. We hiked around a little bit. We watched the movie in the visitor center about the flowers. And you know, flowers aren't something that kids are like super excited about, but we just really enjoyed the time together. And they were just amazing. Then we hiked back another mile to the car, got in the car and they were just, I was so proud of these kids. And we drove down and I said, you know what? I remember that there was a gas station that was right next to the cafe. So I said, we'll go to that gas station. We'll get you some snacks. And then when we get back to town, we'll go to lunch. And they were just so grateful and happy, got their snacks at the gas station. And it just was this fun adventure, even though they really got pushed further than they were expecting. And they didn't even get to eat lunch until like three o'clock in the afternoon. But I just had the best time with them. They were really incredible. 
Then in the other couple of days, uh, my two younger ones really wanted to do surf camp. So they went to surf camp. I took them out to the beach. They did surf camp during the days. I worked at the library there, but definitely isn't as conducive as working at home. So I just did not get uh, as much done as I would have liked. And then my older one wanted to do tennis camp. So he did tennis camp here in town on two of those days. Also, my oldest had a swim meet on the weekend, the first weekend of spring break. This was his first long course meet. So in swimming in the United States, um, there is, because we're the only ones that apparently can't seem to convert to the metric system, we have a long course season and a short course season. The long course season is short and the short course season is long. Um, Short course season starts, I think, in September and goes through until April, March. And long course season is April through July. So long course is what probably most of the rest of the world normally swims, which is a 50 meter pool. They may do, you you guys might do short course meters, but um, we do short course yards on the short course season and we do long course meters, the 50 meter pool, the Olympic size pool during long course season. So he's now in long course season. So he went to his first long course meet and he did six events. Um, Several of those events were new for him. He'd never done the the 100 fly not only was it a hundred fly, it was a hundred meter fly, which is 10% longer than in yards. Anyway, he just brought his A game to this meet. He got two first places in the 50 free and the 50 fly. He is less than a second away from qualifying for Junior Olympics in the summer on the 50 free, which those time cuts are much tighter than the ones for the winter Junior Olympics that he did. So it was just an amazing meet to just watch him on his swim team before he left when he was seven and eight. It was him and one other boy who were the two top kids in his age group. At the time, it was the seven, eight boys. And these two were neck and neck on several events. Carter was better in a couple events. Brett was, this other boy was uh, better in a couple events. And so they were really neck and neck. And then he left. When he came back, of course, he was had fallen behind a lot of the other boys who had been swimming this entire time. Well, in this meet this last weekend, he has passed up everybody except for the one boy that he's neck and neck with. So, um, and he's still got a little bit of time to cut off to catch up with him. But it's just been amazing to watch him blossom so much in these last three months and just get right back up to where he was. So it's been very, very exciting. I did post about that actually on my Instagram account. So if you're interested in following me on Instagram, I'm at ironmom2020. I do post about my family. I post about my training and my races, and I do post things about parenting, usually some sort of quote from the podcast and any other types of announcements and things I also post on there. So that is my long-winded story about spring break. For those of you who are still listening, if you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.